All right, BMF title time. Tim, welcome. Yes, yes, very, very exciting card. Um, a couple, a couple ones uh, I'm not too too keen on, or, or don't really um, get too much invested in. But there are a plethora of phenomenal fights uh, that I'm very, very excited for. Um, this could be uh, in contention for probably the best best card um, this year uh, with 290, which we just had, which is absolutely insane. We could have the two best pay-per-view cards in the same month. That card was insane, and that one delivered. So this one, we'll see if it delivers the same way. It looks like on paper, this thing should deliver. Like we got... Alex Pajara making his first his first fight at middleweight or uh, light heavyweight. And then we got the BMF yep. title up top. We got T. Ferg. We have Wonderboy with a good fight against uh, Michelle Pajara. But show off the t-shirt, man. Show off the oh, t-shirt. You gotta, you gotta have the Poetan oh, representing. Yeah. It's actually pretty. It's pretty nice. The Utah 291s. Pretty, pretty nice shirt, man. It is sick. I like the graphic on it a lot. It's pretty yeah, dope. You gotta, you gotta show su- support for the Teixeira MMA crew. Dude, I mean, did you see the clip of uh, Alex giving him the the motorcycle too? Man, yeah, it's just like is a there, honestly, Yeah, they're they're such good dudes. Um, you know, it, it's great to see. It. It's good to see it in, in a sport so violent. That you could see uh, people so nice, and especially outside in like their their natural um, environment, being being very kind and appreciative. Yeah, I agree, man. Especially to share, he's got that dad energy. He's like, I feel like I'd be super. I'd feel so safe around him. I'd just be like yeah, talking to a man, and he'd be so nice. It, it is. It is nice uh, being a fan. Of, of some of these guys when they do retire because you don't have the the ups and downs you know if they lose a fight yeah it sucks but then the next day you might be a little bummed out but then the day after that you're back to normal that's these guys you know if they take a loss or they lose a belt or something like that it's it's a life-changing for them so yeah. once they get to that retired point where you know they don't have to they don't have to put it all on the line anymore and they just enjoy their life. It, it makes it 10 times better. Um, I feel, uh, as a fan, um, from that aspect where they're just doing their own thing, you know, got to get all fired up, all stressed out. So let's hope that it's good, but let's hope unfortunately, that's we're not gonna... <laughs> yeah. So we're not going to have that, uh, experience, uh, this weekend with Alex fighting, but, We'll get through it. We'll get through it. Dude, I legitimately think he could become a three-division champ. I really do. Like, he could be a three-division champ if he somehow went back down and, and got a rematch against Izzy. I think he beats him. And then somehow he gets this title, which, I mean, he's only pretty much one fight away. He could be a three-division champ. The dude is fucking, you know, built like he's shaped from stone. He's got those hands. We're going to talk about him later, though, dude. And I'm pretty yeah. sure... We both have a substantial amount of money um, 
for our, our little DraftKings on on him yeah. to win. Yeah. yeah, and according to DraftKings on this whole card, we should technically lose it all. So. Yeah, I mean, we're going to probably be – yeah, it's going to be dog heavy. I know that already because I'm just looking at the card and I'm thinking, uh, what favorites do I like here? Like, which ones do I feel confident in? I'm going to pull up my DraftKings yeah. to make sure I have the, uh, the up-to-date odds, but let's – Get to this bottom card here, this bottom fight. And as I'm pulling this up, to make sure I got the odds right because sometimes these are wrong. All right, so we have Miranda Maverick here, uh, 11 and 5, coming off of a loss to Jasmine Jazdavicius, uh, and then a win over Shanna Young and Sabina Mazo, fighting Priscilla Cachuera, who's coming off of a knockout over Ariane Lipsky. And a knockout over Ji Young Kim, and then a submission loss to Jillian Robertson. And according to DraftKings, Miranda Maverick is minus two eighty, and Cachuera is plus two thirty five. All right, so I I hammered um, Cachuera on this. I I don't I don't see the I don't see the where they're getting uh, Maverick as as the favorite here. First of all, she just fought. She just fought in in the Canada card, and uh, Jazdavicius put it on her. Legit put it on her. To me, this seems uh, a little too quick um, of a turnaround. She's won two of her last five, right? She got uh, a win over, like you said, Shannon Young and then Sabina Mazo. Yep. Right? But other than that, lost to Jasmine, lost to, to Blanchfield, which, you know, you can't hold that against anybody, and then Macy Barber. Um, the Macy Barber one... I want to say that could have gone to Miranda Maverick. It did, bro. Complete, to be completely fair. Um, but even still, um, I don't think I, I don't think she has what it takes at this at this level. Um, Invicta, yeah, I think she'd be phenomenal in in that um, organization. Um, or that promotion, I should say. But her being favored this much doesn't sit right with me. Cachoeira is, uh, she's won two fight, win streak, right? She's yeah. won four out of the last five. Dropped one to Jillian uh, Robertson by submission. I think Jillian's one of the best grapplers um, out there. I would love to see... Um, just for reference here, Jillian Robertson and Aaron Blanchfield do like a submission underground or a grappling uh, competition. I, I think that's the level Jillian Robertson is on. Um, but I don't, I mean, two, two knockout or a knockout and then decision in Cachoeira's last fight, sub loss. Um, another KO. So three of her last four wins have been KOs or TKOs. 
you know, Mavericks got one sub win. I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see this. The only thing I would give to Miranda Maverick is the training in Denver, Colorado. You know? Yeah, I was thinking so, the same thing. That's the only thing I could think of that would sway me. I do not think, even still, she has um, enough experience to, to go against Kachwara. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying Kachwara's wins are, are against world beaters, but she's also finishing them. Yeah. So that's that's why I I'd have to leave with her. And plus the 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 plus money on her, it's a no brainer to me. I I feel like to start the card that could set the tone for the whole night. If it hits, I'm gonna feel really confident. But even if it doesn't hit, it's not supposed to. But I still think it's gonna be very close. Um. It'll be a decision for Maverick if she does win. I don't think she's going to finish her, but at the same time, I think I think Cachoeira uh, can can finish Maverick. Yeah, uh, for me, it's it's pretty clear because I think Cachoeira's only way to win is going to be by knockout. Like I think she's gonna if she wins, it'll be knocking her out. I don't really think she wins a decision here because if it goes to decision, Maverick's probably just going to take her down a couple times, sit on her quite a bit, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, but Cachuera, I think, I think she could flatline her. I really do. And I think, you know, that plus 500 price tag on her by knockout is really, really not bad. Like, that's a pretty good line, in my opinion, for, for a, a woman's fighter who's had three out of her last four wins by knockout. And I do think it would have to come first or second round because third round, I don't know if at elevation, she's going to have it in her tank to, to get it done, but first or second round, I feel like, um, you could do, you know, Cachuera under two and a half, just just to give yourself some protection for that club and sub sort of deal. But yeah, I do think the plus five hundred on her knockout, that would be what I'd bet if I had to bet this fight. It, it would be that knockout prop. Um, I'll probably have a little bit on it by by fight night. Yeah, it's this is this should be a decent fight. I I know. I agree. Everybody kind of poo-poos on on the women's fight, but I, I think this could be a, a really decent fight to start the card off. I think it'll be back and forth, to be honest. Like, I think Maverick will get a takedown. I think Cachoeira gets up, and then I think Cachoeira clips her. Maverick tries for another takedown. Like, it'll just kind of be that sort of roller coaster, and it'll be fun. I think it's going to be fun as fuck because Maverick's the way better grappler, and Cachoeira is the way better str- sorry (laughs) striker so it's gonna be you know one way or the other it's gonna be one-way traffic on the on the ground or on the feet which is which makes for a great fight yeah all right i'm excited for this next one too i'm super excited for this uh we've got semmelsberger which is uh the jedi so matthew the jedi semmelsberger versus Eros Medich, who fights out of Alaska. Uh, if anyone knows, people don't like Alaskan fighters. They think that they're they're bad or they're fraudulent or whatever. He lost to Jalen Turner in the UFC. He beat Alan Cruz, uh, and then he beat Omar Morales by first-round knockout. Semmelsberger, which it is worth noting for Medich, it's been over a year since we've seen him, and he's up a weight class. This will be at 170. He's previously yeah. fought at 155. Semmelsberger... 
Uh, he lost that split decision to Jer Jeremiah Wells where he like knocked him down four times but then got controlled for 11 or 12 minutes. It was, it was a crazy fight. He got controlled for 12 of 15 but knocked him down like three times on the feet. He beat Jake Matthews by decision. He lost to Alex Morono by decision, which Alex Morono is one of my favorite fighters. Dude is a dog, even though he's got like yeah. a gut and is, you know, not athletically gifted. He beat AJ Fletcher uh, and he beat Martin Sano. And I'll start us off here. Uh, I think Summelsberger is probably the side here, but I think he's sitting right about minus 200 right now. If I pull up my DraftKings, he's exactly minus 205. And that scares me because I think Medich is probably the faster guy on the feet and he's the cleaner guy on the feet. I think Semmelsberger has the grappling upside and the power upside for sure. Uh, and I think both these guys honestly have pretty good upside in the UFC. I think both these guys, they're probably never going to be like title contenders, but they can have, they can put together streaks, uh, and maybe make some close fights with top 15 guys. So I think, you know, 30 years of age, both of them, this is a good fight. Two dudes in their prime, one dude with more power, one dude with a little more speed in Eros Medic. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Summelsberger because I think he's got the grappling upside and, and that's big here. If he gets clipped, I think he can grapple. Uh, but I would not be surprised to see Medic in, in some sort of a, you know, three round technical fight and get the nod at the end. I'm probably just keeping away from this one from a betting perspective. I'll probably have, uh, Semmelsberger in a couple parlays, like crazy seven leggers and stuff like that. But for the most part, I think, I think it's going to be Semmelsberger with the hooks and the, the wild power shots. And it's going to be Medic with the, you know, flat down the middle, down the pipe sort of shots and have a little bit more speed yeah. on his movement and his strikes. Uh, but I'll take Semmelsberger just because I also think Semmelsberger's a dog in Medic. We haven't really seen him get tested too hard. Uh, and Semmelsberger, we've seen him battle tested multiple times now against Morono, against uh, even Fletcher tested him. And then we saw it last fight against Jeremiah Wells and he's proven that he's got a heart. So I'll take Semmelsberger here. Yeah, this is... This is a tough one for me. Um, I know Semmelsberger is a dog. Um, I know he does have uh, the power. Is Euros uh, at this level of competition? The loss to Jalen Turner, I get it. Jalen Turner, I, I think, is is great. But other than that, he, he KO'd Omar Morales. You know, uh, Cruz, he knocked out. Um, Gonzalez. These guys, he's, he's finishing. And he's finishing with kicks and knees and and then punches it's the complete package i'm not sure um i'm not sure i'm not sure about this one and if he's moving up a weight class um he's not going to be easy to push around these guys are the same height the only thing um that would give me pause is is he's got a little bit less of a reach than Semmelsberger. But at the same time, I mean, he's 
got one loss to Jalen Turner, and he hasn't been in these dogfights. He hasn't taken the damage. So uh, if I would line this fight, yeah, I'd probably put it where they opened it at minus 140, you know, plus 120 Medich. So the current odds, yeah, I mean, Medich is probably the side um, with that plus 175 on him. I don't think Semmelsberger has a ton of, uh, you know, like decision, like grinding on this. I think he's probably going to have to finish Medich, and if someone's going to win a decision, I bet you it's going to be Medich because he's probably going to be able to win those minutes on the feet because – I do like his kicks a lot. Uh, he's got those leg kicks. I went back and watched the Turner fight actually, and it was it was not a not a good showing from Medich, but he does have a decent kick, uh, you know, arsenal. And so I think that would probably be uh, my pick would be him by decision or Semmelsberger by knockout. Yeah. All right. What do we got up next? C.J. Vergara versus Vinicius Salvador. Uh, so Salvador is coming off of a loss to Victor Altamirano. And then before that, a contender series win over Shannon Ross, uh, which we just saw get flatlined in what, like 20 seconds? Was it was it less maybe? I don't remember, but it was like first punch. He got flatlined. And then CJ Vergara is coming off a win over Daniel Lacerda, a loss to Tatsuro Tyra, which is you know not something to be ashamed of. A win over Cledson Rodriguez, a loss to Ode Osborne, who again, Ode Osborne's pretty decent. And then a win yeah. on the contender series over Bruno Correa. What do you got here? Um, I'm not taking any action um, on this. If I was uh, to bet on this, I would go with uh, CJ Vergara. I, I think that. His his loss to uh, Tatsuro, um, that kid is just on on a tear. You can't really take anything away from him. Um, that's very steep uh, competition. Um, the other loss, like you said, to to Odie Osborne. I think Odie is a, a great fighter as well. Um, when they give him some of these guys. Um, like uh, Bruno Correa, uh, the Cledson Rodriguez, which was which was close, but um, the Daniel Lacerda, he he's finishing. So he finished two two out of his last three wins. Um, whereas uh, Salvador, I mean, he's he's finishing guys as well, but I don't think. I don't think the competition is is even remotely close. Um, he made his UFC debut and, and he lost. So I think I think we're just gonna have to go with experience here and, and go with Vergara, hands down. I second that. I would. I mean, I don't have any action on this. I'm not really interested in any action on this. Um, but I do think Vergara is probably gonna take this one. Just based on the fact I liked how he looked at the UFC level. Like you were talking, like when he came up to the UFC after Contender Series, he's looked half decent since then. Salvador, uh, I didn't like how he looked in his first fight in the UFC, and he lost as soon as he took that jump up. And we saw Shannon Ross look awful. Uh, and Salvador, that was his Contender Series win. So he came off of a possible fraudulent win into the UFC, lost his UFC debut. I'm just not all that interested in, in betting either direction, but it would be Vergara for me if I had to make a pick. Yeah. 
All right, Jake Matthews versus Darius Flowers. This is an interesting fight. Darius Flowers coming off of that contender series win, which was actually an injury, uh, and then he's you know had an LFA stint. Jake Matthews coming off of a loss to the previous uh, mentioned Matthew Semmelsberger, a win over Fialho where he looked you know beautiful. He looked like he was slipping and countering and landing yep. perfect shots. He looked like a, an animal in there. A loss to Sean Brady, which is absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. Sean Brady's a top 15 guy. A win over Diego Sanchez. And then a win over Emil Weber Meek, who I have not seen in a hot second. So uh, for me here, I think it's going to be Jake Matthews, and I think it's going to be Jake Matthews all day. He's only minus 245, which I expected a larger number. Uh, when I first saw this this fight was made because Darius Flowers is coming in on short notice. He's actually from Iowa. So I might have, dude, I might have to change my pitch now. I might have to change my pitch now. Dude is fighting out of a, out of a town 40 minutes from me. I didn't even see that. Mason City, uh, Iowa. I wrestled there all the time in high school. We had, we had a tournament every year in Mason City. Um, yeah, so Darius Flowers is probably going to knock him out, to be honest. I'd probably think he's going to clean, clean his clock. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think Jake Matthews is just the UFC level guy, and Darius Flowers I don't think is 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 UFC level compared to Jake Matthews. And also Jake Matthews, I mean, he's looked good in these last two fights, even though he lost to Semmelsberger. I think Semmelsberger, like I said, is a pretty decent fighter, and I think Jake Matthews is a pretty decent fighter. So I'll take Matthews here minus two forty five. When I saw it, surprised me. Uh, now that I saw he's from Mason City, he's an Iowa boy. I don't know. Might not be so surprising. Maybe we'll see Darius Flowers get a get a quick dub here, and I can, I can buy a shirt and have a Mason City shirt. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Would be. Yeah, unfortunately, I I don't think uh, I don't think Flowers is is gonna get it done. So the good news is you can save your money on that shirt. <laughs> um, this is another case where he's he's knocking uh people out in the LFA goes on the contender series gets the the TKO from the from the shoulder slam I mean I don't I don't see this uh, voting well for him um, Jake Matthews man a loss to Sean Brady is is nothing to shake a stick at like you said before you got the decision win over Samuelsberger. so my whole thing is i'm not that high on on Samuelsberger as we we previously discussed but he does have the win and knocked out uh andre fiala which was a beaut that was a beauty. Um, beat up an old Diego Sanchez. It's okay. W whatever, right? Um, I, I think I'm still going to have to go with Jake Matthews. Even though I, I don't like the decision win to Semmelsberger, I think he's going to be, be too much. Too much too soon. Um I think I think we have to go Jake Matthews. The what is it? The Celtic kid. We yep. gotta go with Jake Matthews. I agree. I think it's pretty clean too. 
Uh, I, I caught one of the fights on YouTube from Darius Flowers. Seems like a powerful guy. Seems pretty pretty good. Seems, you know, he's got some decent skills, but I just, I mean, at the UFC level, I'm not really feeling it. And also, short notice, in Salt Lake, I think that's a recipe for a disaster. Yeah, I think I think what you can do is you could take um, something something like this and do the under two and a half and, and parlay it um, with something else. Yeah, that's probably a good idea, honestly, because I think I think Flowers is gonna either you know catch him early, which is unlikely, or he's gonna gas pretty hard. Yeah. All right. Oh man, we're getting we're getting close to the to the meat and potatoes to the big ones, <laughs> dude. We're I got getting, some some fun some fun taste. All right, we've got Roman Kopilov, who is. Uh, who's that kid that looks like um, Ben Askren? What's his name? Chase, Chase, Chase Hooper. <laughs> He's just Russian Chase Hooper. Like, this dude is just Russian Chase Hooper. Uh, he beat, you know, he has some decent wins. Like, Soriano is not a bad win. Uh, DeShirico is not a bad win. And Ribeiro is coming off of a win over Joseph Holmes and a loss to Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Kapalov's most recent losses were Albert Duraev and Carl Roberson. Uh, and yeah. the odds on this one have Kopilov minus two ten, and Ribeiro plus one seventy. What do you What do you got here? Um, I'm going. I'm going with the Russian Kopilov. Uh, reason being, um, this is this is almost like a cookie cutter uh, lower card fight for me, where you have these guys coming up off uh, Thunder future MMA contender series. Um, and this kid, this kid, uh, Ribeiro, he's just, he's, he's taking stuff too fast. And I don't understand why he, he won the contender series about nine months ago. Right. And then he gets his, his UFC debut six months ago and gets, gets stopped. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, KO, TKO, however you want to put it. And then he fights uh, a month ago against Joseph Holmes, who I don't think Holmes is good at all, to be honest with you. Um, I respect him as, as a fighter, but I just don't think he has uh, that UFC caliber. And he had a... A good performance. He he had a couple. Uh, I think he stopped a couple guys. Um, but that's not that's not UFC uh, people making a, a run caliber type of guys. Now I'm not saying that either one of these guys are, are you know gonna gonna make a run anytime soon. Um, and obviously nobody on the UFC roster is. I don't know how to how to put it politely, but they're they're not bums, right? So, but they're not also uh, the cream of the crop people at at the top top. So I do not think uh, Ribeiro is going to have a chance in this. I'm going to have to go with Kapilov, even though you know he's got the the two losses against Duraev. And, and Robertson, um, he's got 
a knockout and then another knockout. So the one over Soriano to me was was real nice. So when he's going in there and and he's knocking guys out and not taking as, as much damage and not getting stops himself, I feel really confident in in his quicker turnaround. Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you said. I think Kapilov is going to be the pretty clear pick for me because he's really kind of turned a corner in those last two fights. Like when we saw him losing to Duraev and then Roberson, he just was not looking looking all that great. Like he was just kind of flat-footed, couldn't get anything going, wasn't really looking yeah. flashy, wasn't looking athletic. And then something changed when he fought Alexio, Alessio DeShirico like mid-fight. Like he was fighting DeShirico. He was getting caught a little bit, getting you know pieced up a tiny bit. And then something flipped in Kapalov. I don't know what happened. And then he turned it on, knocked the absolute shit out of Alessio DeShirico, and then comes out here and beats Soriano, who was not too long ago. People were thinking this guy was about to be a top 10 guy at 185. And for me, uh, you know, I've seen enough. I think that's a pretty, pretty, you know, decent little turnaround. And honestly, he looked fantastic in both fights. Like, I thought he just looked, he looked top tier in that Soriano fight. And at the end of that DeShirico fight, he just, his hands were fucking crisp. They were slapping. They were, they were snapping punches off. I don't know what happened, but he came alive. And I think he's probably going to put some work in on Ribéry yeah. here. Uh, and I yeah, so, uh, I'm sorry. Continue. I just I was about to say I just think he's going to knock him out. Yeah, I think you have to to understand too is being, you know, thirty. He's thirty two. So when when he first fought, um, when he lost to Robertson, right? That was almost four years ago. So twenty eight. And then he had a, a big uh, layoff about uh, two years, right? And then he lost to Duraev in the decision. Yep. For him to come back then to fight the Chirico, you have that, that moment or it's been four years. It's been four years. I already lost my last two. I got to turn it on because if he lost that fight, chances are – you'll never see him again Back you know the wall yeah yeah maybe he'll be in pfl or, or or something like that or go back to you know go fight in eagle eagle fc if that's still even even around <laughs> no um, money laundering so so that's that's what he would be doing so that's why you have that switch and you're like oh okay you know and then he puts the work in and he's and he's stopping guys now I think I think he should win this pretty easily. This might be something that I would parlay with that previous fight and put this uh, at under two and a half as well. I agree. I think I think uh, Matthews and Kapilov are two two guys that I think should get it done, and they're minus you know plus two or minus two hundred, which isn't even a bad price tag for guys. Like I could I could see both these guys as minus three hundred, minus four hundred in these fights, but they're not so. Yeah. All right, we're getting we're here. We're at the meat and potatoes now. We've got Derek 
The Black Beast Lewis, who's plus 190, and it just continues to widen. I think last week this was this was uh, Derek Lewis plus 110. Now he's plus 190 versus Marcus Rogerio de Lima, who is minus 225 here. He's coming off of a close, surprisingly close win against Waldo Cortez Acosta. A win over Andre Arlovsky, a loss to Ivanov, a win over Ben Rothwell, and then a win over Maurice Green. Derek Lewis coming off of a loss to, and you guys are going to hear the bias in my voice when I talk about this, Sergei Spivak, a probable future title contender. Sergei Pavlovich, the guy who's next in line, tied to Ivasa. The guy who was in an interim title fight in his last fight against Cyril Ghosn. Chris Dawkins, he beat. So we don't need to worry there. And then Cyril Ghosn, the interim champion and the guy who just fought John Jones. He's, these guys are championship level fighters. And, and Derek Lewis losing to them, I get it. You know, he's losing to these top level guys. But is Marco... Rogerio de Lima, a top-level guy. He just about lost to Waldo Cortez Acosta. It was a close decision. Andrzej Arlovski, he beat. Andrzej Arlovski is like 59 years old. He lost to Ivanov, who we just saw lose to... What's his name? The guy who forearm choked. Oh, who's that? Marcos Rogerio de Lima got forearm choked. Someone just put their forearm on his neck, and he tapped out. <laughs> I mean, yeah. how can you bet minus 200 on a guy who got forearm choked in the UFC? And I get the other thing people are saying is Derek Lewis is 38 years old. What is the age of this other guy? 38 years old. They're both old guys. Neither one of them is going to be fighting for the title anytime soon or for the rest of their career for that matter. I'm taking Derek Lewis, and I'm taking Derek Lewis by knockout at plus 350. Wait, is it plus 350 or is it plus 250? Let me go look what I got in it. I think it might have been plus 250. Yeah. All right. If it's plus, three, if it's plus three, 350, I'm going to hammer more of that. Because yeah, I no, thought I got plus 240. Plus two, yeah, plus 240. I mean, that's his only win condition, I think, here. And I think he probably gets it done. This just feels like a classic Derek Lewis spot where – the the other guy has more you know grappling upside, more cardio upside, more leg kick upside, and Derek Lewis just fucks the dude up, just knocks his head off his shoulders, and that's that. So I'm in on Derek Lewis, and I think he's the clear side here. A lot of people disagree all over Twitter, all over the betting, the UFC betting, but I like Derek Lewis here, even though he's lost you know four out of his last five, even though they're all two possible title contenders. Um. Yeah, my. If you look at the age, first of all, heavyweight, you can go a, a little bit longer in your career. Um, for example, Andre Arlovsky. So, Lewis is a little bit taller, right? Two inches taller. He's got a four-inch reach. Um, he's got concrete hands. Rodrigo de Lima, everybody I notice uh, has been saying uh, he's been working on his cardio and his his grappling. He can submit 
Derek Lewis. Um, Derek Lewis just gets up if he's on the <laughs> ground. He has the ability to just get up. Um, and the this guy, um, Delima submitted Andre Arlovski. Like you said, Andre Arlovski is not the same guy. He's been he's been fighting in the UFC for I can't even tell you how long. It, has it been has it been more than twenty years? If not twenty years, more than half of his life. It's got to be. Um, and then and then like you said, you take uh, first of all, Spivak is uh, come a long way. He's come a long way since he fought um, Tom Aspinall. Right. Yep. He's 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 really put it together, um, and he he looks great. Uh, Pavlovich, Russian hammer, Russian hammer, no doubt about it. That's why you had Aspinall say, "Oh, I want the winner of of Spivak and Cyril gone, and then the winner of that, you know, will fight me for the number one contender spot." He didn't call out Pavlovich because he's a uh, absolute hammer. Then you have Tui. Tui, Tui was in deep shit. Tui was in real deep shit on that uh, in that fight. And then heavyweights do what they do, and Lewis got clipped. But before that, they gave Derek Lewis a drop down in competition. A guy by the name of Chris Dawkins, and he absolutely got starched. This is where I feel they are giving him Delima. He's got two wins. You know, his last two fights are two wins. So this could straighten out Derek Lewis. This is my patented get him on the right track fight. Um, he's a draw. People come to see him. And I think Derek Lewis is going to be pissed. He's on the prelims. He's not even the, the featured prelim. So... This is a huge spot for for Derek, and I'm hammering all day Lewis by KO. Um, it does come with some pause. This is uh, heavyweight. These guys cut to 265. So one punch can, can change the whole fight. But without a doubt, um, I think this is a, a get-right fight for, for Derek Lewis. I agree. I think I think looking back on it, uh, if if he turns to plus two hundred by fight time, uh, I'm gonna have to add some more of just his money line because, I mean, looking back, I think that's gonna be a laughable, a laughable money line. Like I don't see how he does not land just a bomb in this fight because he was Rogerio uh, De Lima was getting pieced up a little bit by Cortez Acosta. Like Cortez Acosta was landing. Some good shots. Like, DeLima won the fight, uh, but he definitely did not pull away. It was more so the leg kicks from him. He has these powerful, powerful leg kicks. And that's where I feel like Derek Lewis could run into some issues is with the leg kicks because Derek Lewis just kind of, like, stands up really heavy on his front leg. Um, he could run into issues there. But outside of that, I mean, I think he's going to touch DeLima and DeLima's going to fall over because Derek Lewis just has the death touch. It's It's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't – I could see Lewis backing up against the, the cage and luring uh, DeLima in and then 
shutting the lights off. I, I really can. I agree. 100%. All right. We have Trevin the Problem Giles coming off of a win over Preston Parsons. Split decision. A win over Louis Kolske. Uh, a loss to Michael Morales. A loss to Dreykus Duplessis. And then a win over Roman Delidze. Pretty good win there, to be honest. Hiding yeah. in hiding in Trevin Giles' uh, resume here versus Gabriel Bonfim, uh, who beat Munir Lazez in his UFC debut, beat Trey Waters in his Contender Series fight, which Trey Waters surprisingly good just came into the UFC and got a dub himself. I think he might actually have two dubs. Let's go look at this real quick. I want to see. Uh, I want to see exactly. Oops. Did not mean to do that. Gabriel Bonfim. We want to go see how many fights has Trey Waters had in the UFC. Yeah, so so he lost to Gabriel Bonfim and then went back to LFA, won a fight, and then just beat Josh Kinlan, which Josh Kinlan was undefeated and was supposed to be like this, this mega prospect. And Trey Waters yeah. beat him. So, I mean, good win for Bonfim here. I think it's pretty cut and dry. Uh, I think... Gabriel is the better Bonfim brother. We just saw the other one lose to Benoit Saint-Denis, which we were actually on some bets on there. We had uh, Saint-Denis yeah. there. But I'm on Bonfim here. I think I think he's probably the, the clear side, and I think he's probably going to look like the clear side after the fact. I think this guy's upside is uh, like top tier. I think this guy could potentially be like a Michael Morales type where he just runs through four or five fights and we're looking at what the fuck do we do with this guy? Does this guy get a top yeah. 10 opponent now? And I think that's where Bonfim is headed. So I think he's going to steamroll Giles and I think he's going to do it uh, in a pretty, pretty impressive fashion. So Bonfim for me. Yeah, I, I think um, I'm all over... Bonfim too. I, I I mean I don't want to take anything away from from his brother either. Uh, um, even though I do agree with you that I believe uh, Gabriel is is the better um, the better fighter. So his last his last five um, fights uh, all finishes, and that's just going off his his last five. Um, four subs and uh, TKO, KO, TKO. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna get the finish um, again. Um, Preston Parsons, that was a nice win for for uh, Giles, but I I don't think I don't think he's got it. I don't think he's got the the juice in him. Um, so I'm, I'm heavy on, on the finish from Bonfim. Yeah, I think, I think Bonfim could be one, you know, if you want to do one of those juiced up favorite parlays, I would put Bonfim alongside Jake Matthews and Roman Kopilov. That would kind of be my, my juice parlay where it's guys who are, you know, supposed to win. And I do believe will win because there's a lot on this card that are supposed to win that I don't think will win. Uh, but those three guys, I think, I think are probably the safest favorites of the card. I, I think you could put you could put this one as well in the under two and a half club. I mean, there's a lot of fights where there should be finishes. 
Yeah. So you can you can pick uh, you could do this one with the the Derek Lewis under under two and a half. Um, you could put those together, or you could put this with the uh, Kopilov, right? Or you could put it with the Matthews, or even the uh, Vergara fight if you want. You know, you don't have to to go crazy, but you could put this with uh, uh, under two and a half. Um, parlay, and even if you want to do a, a same fight parlay, I would take Bomb Theme, um, and maybe go under one and a half, uh, and see what those odds are. I'm looking at what it would be to bet Kopilov inside the distance, Jake Matthews inside the distance, and Bomb Theme inside the distance. What that parlay would pay. Let me get this pulled up. Yeah, so that parlay would be plus five hundred if you had all those guys inside the distance. So Bonfim by by uh, finish, Kapalov by finish, and then Matthews by finish plus five hundred on that. This this right here, this is a springboard uh, for him to get um, on a uh, main card. I agree. With, without a doubt, this is why he's here. This is why he is here. For the finish above Derek Lewis, no doubt about it. For this sure. is this is to show this kid off and say, look who look who we got um, in the one seventies. Yep, another great prospect, fourteen and zero. He's got a ground game. I mean, dude's the full package in my opinion. He looks good on the feet. He's he's got it going on. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, this is this is the start of uh, what I don't I don't know what else other than call but the dog run because I mean this might be the 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 main card where I see most of the dogs win it. There's only one favorite I like on this entire main card, uh, which you guys will you'll figure out if you listen. But here we got Michael Chiesa coming off of a loss to Sean Brady in which he uh, beat the shit out of Sean Brady in the third round. Like he was, he was coming up in that third round. He was the fresher guy, but but Sean Brady had those first two in the bag. Uh, and it is worth noting this was a year and seven months ago, so a mm-hmm. year and a half for for Kiesa off. Before that, he lost to Vicente Luque by darts choke. It was pretty quick, and then he beat Neil Magny, beat Rafael dos Anjos, and beat Diego Sanchez. Kevin Holland, on the other hand, coming off of a win over Santiago Ponzinibbio, where he got uh, a punch from God. I don't know where that came from. I don't know how it happened, but, you know, Holland wasn't doing much and then landed just this godly blow that, that won him the fight. Before that, he got absolutely shell-shocked by Wonderboy. Like, I mean... Yeah, a world class beating by Wonder Boy. There, he got beat by Hamzat, which I mean, what can you do there? He beat Tim Means, and then he beat Alex Oliveira. So, uh, Tim, who you got here? Um, I'm I'm all over Michael Chiesa by sub here. Uh, so let's let's see where do I start? Let's start with um, Kevin Holland. Um, he's got the win over over 
Cowboy Oliveira. He's got the, the win over the Dirty Bird, Tim Means. Competition took a drastic change, and he got Chemayev. Completely ragdolled. Uh, and then I got hit with the Dars. Then he got another drastic change in Wonderboy. And Wonderboy absolutely picked him apart and pieced him up. And then the the Ponzinibbi uh, it's a fluke. He's got some some nice pop. Uh, he's got that long, lanky arms. He's got that snap. Um, he's very dangerous uh, standing up. And I think that's going to be his his only his only way here to win. Um, but with Kiesa, Sean Brady got it, and that was a year a year ago, over a year, almost two years ago, right? Year and seven months. Yep. And then the Vincente Luque loss. To me, that fight. I feel that Kiesa made a, a mental mistake and put himself in a bad position um, and got and got choked. Um, that altered uh, his path um, by then drawing Sean Brady and then altered uh, Luke's uh, path. Um, the better grappler here and jujitsu player is by far Kiesa. Um, I think he's going to have to get Kevin Holland down and keep him down. I don't think he wants to, to stand, um, stands with him, but at the same time, I, I mean, I don't know which Kevin Holland is is gonna show up. Kevin Holland, who uh, puts it all together, or Kevin Holland, who underestimates his opponent and gets completely lit up. Kevin Holland's the he's taken. I can't tell you he's taken what three fights this year already. Is yep. this gonna this is gonna be his fourth fight this year? Yeah. No, he's already had. He's already had three for sure. Um, yeah, and he's he's already retired this year. He's back. He's I mean, I don't know I don't know what he's doing. I think Kiesa is gonna make the run. He's gonna try. He's thirty five years old. Um, he took a a good amount of time off to kind of reset. I think he's gonna feel him out. The, the first round, I think he, he could uh, lose the first round. But I think the path for victory is to take Holland down and then submit him. Now, I understand Kevin Holland is a Travis Luter black belt, which is fantastic. But there is levels to this. And Michael Chiesa is phenomenal so i think kiesa by sub gets it done yep i i mean i 110 percent agree i think 
I think a couple things. Uh, Chiesa, first off, he's already fought a, a lanky welterweight with good grappling in Neil Magny. Handled it well. You know, Magny's got the length. Holland has, you know, similar length at 170. And he handled Magny well. And he also beat Rafael Dos Anjos. That is not a win to, to bat an eye at. Um, you know, Chiesa's been that guy. He's been that, that heavy pressure grappler who is going to get you down, tire you out, make you pissed off that you're getting stuck on your back. Uh, and we've seen Holland in that position, you know, 50 times in the UFC. He fought, I think, when he was at 185, there were like four fights in a row where he just got out grappled. It was bad. You know, it happened from Marvin Vittori, like names like that where he just got laid on for five rounds. And I think Chiesa's got the, the ability to do that. And I think Chiesa can win two of the three rounds and get a get a decision. Or I think Chiesa can submit him like you were talking. So uh, I'm I'm pretty heavy on the Chiesa. He's in a couple of my parlays this week. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty solid on him. I didn't get any money line because I saw him at like plus 150 two weeks ago and I was going to bet it, never ended up betting it. And now he's like plus 120 or something like that. So I'm not betting that plus 120 because I, I wish it was that plus 150, but he is in those parlays. And I feel like uh, these should probably be flipped just based on, you know, we haven't seen Holland's grappling tested at 170. I don't know what it's going to look like for Holland at 170 with those the, the grappling chops. You know, maybe he's a little bit better. Maybe he's a little bit worse. Maybe he's a little weaker. You know, we don't know. So I think we'll get it tested here. Uh, but Chiesa, you know, like you said when you said there's levels to this shit, uh, I think Chiesa is an absolutely outstanding MMA grappler. Uh, I think he's, he's one of the kind of underrated UFC grappler guys. And I don't think he's going to do much with the rest of his career because – He's doing a lot of coaching. He's kind of just around all, all, all over. Um, and I don't love that, you know, watching him as a better. Um, but I do think he's going to be able to get it done here. I think Kevin Holland really doesn't care about his career either. That's the other thing is Kevin Holland is always talking about taking fights. He doesn't want to move up the ranking because he just wants to keep winning and taking more fights and taking more fights. Uh, and I think that's going to bite him in the ass because I think Chiesa – I think Chiesa's a dog, and I think Holland is here for a paycheck sort of a deal. Yeah, and, and you have to remember, in, in this case, when you're going down, right, obviously he's had, had fights at, at 170 now, but when you're going down, the jiu-jitsu improves um, tremendously. Yep. Um, and, and when you're 6'3", and lanky you're leaving a, a lot of arms and legs um and neck out there to be to be snatched up and like we saw even with just the the vincente luque fight where chiesa made a, a mistake and it cost him that fight and he got put in in the darts so i think I think it's going to be a real problem if this goes to the ground for Kevin Holland. I agree. 110%. Could not agree more. All right. Oh, boy. Fight of the night here. So we've got right. uh, Bobby. I think he goes just by King now. I think he actually changed his name to, uh, to King Green. 
But we've got Bobby Green, which if I pull up DraftKings right now, he's minus 380. And he's coming off of that headbutt over Jared Gordon, a loss to Drew Dober, and a loss to Islam Makashev, uh, and then a win over Nazrat Hakparast, and a win over Al Iquinta. Tony Ferguson, El Kakoi, El Kakui, on the other hand, uh, he's your plus 310 underdog. He's coming off of a loss to Nate Diaz, a loss to Michael Chandler, a loss to Benil Dariush, a loss to Charles Oliveira, a loss to Justin Gaethje. Um, and for me, guys, uh, this is exactly the same situation as the Derek Lewis fight. Bobby Green cannot win when he takes a step up in competition and this is a massive step down for tony ferguson as much cte as tony ferguson has and we can joke about it but it genuinely makes me sad to watch his interviews nowadays i mean he's saying shit he's saying shit like you know he's gonna he he, he claimed he was gonna kill a bear with his son or something i don't know he's just he's claiming a whole bunch of shit it's sad to watch but the guy still knows how to fight. Like we can we can watch that Nate Diaz fight and he I mean he looked a little bit washed in that Nate Diaz fight, but before that, one year ago, he beat the brakes off of Michael Chandler in the first round of their fight. He was walking him down, he knocked Michael Chandler down, he beat the fuck out of Michael Chandler and then got kicked right in the face. Before that, Benil Daryush completely outgrappled. Cannot blame him there. It's Benil Daryush. Before that, Charles Oliveira completely outmatched un, or outgrappled, completely outmatched on the ground. Uh, but we saw him take that arm bar and basically get his arm bent in half and just, you know, somehow did not tap. Before that, it was yeah. Justin Gaethje. And in that Justin Gaethje fight, he was a absolute fucking animal for those first few rounds. And then it just damage caught up with him and he couldn't take it anymore. Um you know, he knocked Justin Gaethje down at the end of the, the, the was it the first or the second? I don't remember. I think, uh, it, was, I think it was the second, yeah. I think it was the second, yeah. He knocks him down, 10 more seconds in the round, might have finished him. But, uh, you know, Tony Ferguson, years later, just coming off of a loss against Nate Diaz, uh, he got submitted. It looked like they were going through the motions that entire fight. It looked like they were they were kind of sparring almost. He took that fight on short notice against, against, Tony Ferg or against Nate Diaz. Um, and here against Bobby Green, a guy who does not win when he takes a step up in competition. That's going to be the biggest thing here, guys. He does not win when he takes a step up in competition. He does not win. And, and for me, uh, Bobby Green, he was getting pieced up by Jared Gordon in that last fight. Tony Ferguson lands a punch on you like Bobby or that like uh, Jared Gordon was landing on you. He's touching your chin. I think Tony Ferguson has Drew Dober-like power, uh, and Drew Dober knocked Bobby Green clean out. And I get Tony Ferguson is 39 years old. Bobby Green's not a spring chicken either. He's 37 years old. He's 36 years and 10 months, so almost 37. Uh, I'm taking Tony Ferguson at plus 310, and I'm fucking feeling confident in that. Tony has the wrestling upside. Tony has the power upside here. Tony does not have the speed upside, and he does not have the slickness upside. But Tony has two upsides as a plus 310 underdog, as a guy who's only lost to the cream of the crop, when Bobby Green cannot even get close to beating someone at the top. 
he could not get close to fighting that Islam Makashev and making it look, you know, decent. He cannot beat that Drew Dober. He was fighting well in that fight, but he got knocked out. And I think something similar is going to happen against Tony. I think Bobby's going to probably land that jab, stiff jab, stiff, stiff, you know, sort of a deal, move his feet, move his head. Uh, and then it's just going to take one from Tony. I really believe that. It's just going to take one from Tony. He's going to knock him down, and I think he's going to finish him. And I think, uh, you know, Tony Ferguson's not going to retire because it's Tony Ferguson. But this should be the moment where he retires. He should take his Robbie Lawler moment and get the fuck out because the dude has CTE in his brain, and it's like it's noticeable when he talks. He says some crazy shit. He got the cop called on him. But we all still love Tony. Like, we're all still Tony fans. We all love Tony yeah. Ferguson because he's just a fucking OG. Um, and I think he gets it done here. And I don't ever want to see him fight again, but I have a feeling we're going to have to watch it. And it's going to be sad because if he wins here, they're going to give him another killer, another up-and-comer. Um, and they're probably going to put it on Tony. But I think this is his chance to have a good retirement fight. I think this is his chance to get a dub and then ride off into the sunset because I don't think Bobby Green is that good. And also, the one thing I forgot to mention is Bobby Green does not win decisions often. Like, he has a fight style that judges do not like. And I don't know if it's because he showboats or if he just kind of looks like he doesn't care or whatever it is. Judges do not like how Bobby Green fights. If Tony Ferguson pressures Bobby Green, cuts the cage off, lands a few good shots, it could be a close fight. And Tony's going to get the nod because the judges really, really dislike Bobby Green's fighting style. That's all I've got to say here. But I'm on that money line and I'm going to be cheering for Tony because I want him to get one. I don't want him to go out on six losses in a row. Um, all right. So this, this, might, this might sound crazy, but I'm all over Tony Ferguson by finish. Um, he's lost the hammers. He lost the hammers, like you said. Uh, you know, Diaz. All right, that was a, a funky fight. Last minute replacement. Um, that felt to me more almost like like a sparring match between those two guys. To be honest with you. Um. So I didn't take much away. The Michael Chandler fight was was interesting because Tony was winning that fight. He won the first round and looked great. Um, and then he got caught with that kick. But that kick would have knocked, you know, Derek Lewis out, for Christ's sake. That wouldn't have taken anyone out. Um, Neil Dariush, uh, the guy's an animal, you know, and you can't take anything away from that. Even even Charles Oliveira obviously won the strap. Justin Gaethje fought for the title. Those are people at the tip top of the food chain. And I still believe the toughest division by far at 155. Bobby Green. I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. Bobby Green is. He got a win over Al Iaquinta. Okay, you know, Has Hasbrat, right? Okay, but then Makachev. That was. You can't hold that against him, right? I mean, you can't. 
Drew Dober. Drew Dober's just a, a brawler. And then the clash of heads with Jared Gordon. Um, everybody says, oh, Bobby Green stand up. Bobby Green, you know, he finds all these angles. He's, he's sharp on his feet. That's true. That is absolutely true. Um, but so is Tony Ferguson. Yeah. Tony Ferguson's at, at Jackson Wake now. Um, and he's always had that awkward style. He's always been awkward where he'll circle out and he'll, he'll throw a, a weird angle elbow, which can still happen. Um, he's going to look crisp and he's also a great wrestler. So I could even see him taking down Bobby Green and finishing it with elbows or finishing it with uh, with a sub. I am not going to be surprised if either one of those happens. And to disrespect uh, Tony by having him plus three something and in a fight against a guy who's 29 and 14. Right. Right. Who's who's his who's Bobby Green's best win? Let's go find it. We can do that right now. His I best mean, it's, win. It's, it's not. Do you remember the run that Tony went on, tearing everybody apart? Yeah. To I get mean, to to try and fight Habib, how many five times? I mean, you got to be kidding me. Whereas you have you have, I mean. It's got to be Eric Koch, uh, Clay Guida. Clay Guida? Are we talking? Are we really yeah. talking about Clay Guida? <laughs> yeah, it's got to be, and it's not even good Clay Guida. It's like 2020 Clay Guida. Eric Koch um, was not bad. Clay Guida, maybe. His best win, honestly. No, his best <sighs> win. His best win by far is. Um, 2014 against Josh Thompson. That has yeah. to be his best. Yeah, I that's mean, it. that's probably right, yeah. This is the guy that uh, head-kicked Nate Diaz. Yeah, he's the one guy to knock out Nate Diaz. Yeah, yeah. Josh the Punk Thompson is is a fantastic fighter, right? So that's his, and that's from 2014. Um. He's flashy. He he had some nice finishes, um, and he got a spot. He's not on the main card because he is a, a world beater. He's on the main card because of Tony Ferguson. And if you look at Tony Ferguson, who's his his la Tony's last one? Tony's last win was Cowboy. Right, yeah. and that was in 2019. That was a long time. But then he also had um, a couple cancellations with uh, with Khabib, and then and then Gaethje. Uh But before that, Cerrone, Pettis, Kevin Lee, RDA, uh, Venata, which doesn't you know, but Barbosa, Josh Thompson, Gleason Tebow. I mean. I don't have to to rattle off um, Tony's Tony's wins. Everybody knows who they are. But if you take those wins, 
um, and compare them apples to apples, there's a huge difference. Yeah. Um, and even the even the losses. I mean, a decision to Dariush, who put it on them. A decision to Oliveira, who I don't know how Tony's left with his arm that night. <laughs> um, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Uh, Diaz with the with the guillotine. I get it. Like I said, that felt like uh, a sparring match. Chandler with the front kick, which is, you know, you get caught, you get caught. And then Justin Gaethje, um, pretty much going all, you know, all five rounds in in a war. That that fight changed Tony. Um, unfortunately, it was was for the worst. Um, but the competition is so different. It's not even. It's not even close. And I was watching. Uh, they did the face-offs today. We're recording this on on Thursday. Um, they did. You know how they have the media day and the interviews and all that stuff. They did those face-offs. And there's no expression. He's he's there to get a job done. He knows he needs to get the job done because. He's gonna be in deep shit, and they know Tony sells. They have to get him. Win. And Bobby Green is more than willing to take a fight and try and make a name for himself. Unfortunately, I do not think that's gonna happen. Even with the skid that Tony is on, and the damage that he's taken, he does look uh, much much better as of late than he did immediately after the Gaethje fight. Um, once once he went to Jackson Wink, I, I think it was uh, better for him. I, I think he did take the Chandler fight too soon um, after joining the gym. But, you know, not we could do about that now. He But he has the time with the, with the new gym, and I think he's going to put on a nice little show here, and I think he'll get the finish. I agree, and I also like his. He has a five and a half inch reach advantage, which really helps. And also, we're forgetting Tony. A lot of Tony's wins were submissions. I feel like he's got that that opening here. He just has way more paths to victory here. Bobby Green. I mean, I I like Bobby Green if he if he can knock out Tony. That's probably the one way I like Bobby Green by decision. It's it's tough because Bobby Green has never really had you know great decision wins. Um, Tony, you know, he's had decision wins, he has submissions, and he has knockouts. So I think he's just he has all of the all of the ways to win here, and I feel like this line is gonna look real fucking silly come Saturday night when we see this fight. I, I think I think so too. And also, not for not for nothing, uh Justin Gaethje was beating on him. He didn't get knocked out by Justin Gaethje. That got stopped. Yeah, the ref stopped that him was, and he shook his head. That was stopped because he was trying to clear out the the cobwebs and everything, all the bells and everything else that was going off in his head. Yep. He was stopped by Michael Chandler with that head kick. And like I said before, that would knock anybody into tomorrow. <laughs> so Bobby, Bobby Green doesn't know what he's got on his hands right now. And I still, for the love of God, do not understand – how he is such a favorite um, in this matchup. 
I mean, we might be extremely wrong, and Bobby Green might end up looking crazy good, but I just, I mean, I don't see it here. I'm really yeah, just but not then it, seeing but then it. It's, but then it comes down to, did Bobby Green look really, really good, or is Tony is Tony 100% finished? Yeah. It's never going to be Bobby. If, okay, three years ago, this this would not be uh, the odds they are now. Tony's taking a lot of damage, but it's almost like riding a bike. You can't, you know, you don't forget uh, how to win when the competition isn't isn't as steep. So I agree, man. He's got. I mean, he just has all the advantages, in my opinion. He's just got everything. Yeah. All right. Let me uh, move on here. We got Stephen Thompson, Wonder Boy versus Michelle Pereira. Uh, this one's going to be quick and easy for me. I'm a big Wonder Boy fan. He's one of my favorite fighters. Um, probably one of my favorite fighters of all time. He is 40 years old, which sucks to see. Um, but he's coming off of an absolute master class over Kevin Holland. And I think uh, the big thing here is going to be Michelle Pereira, I don't think, has good cardio. And this is going to be at elevation. And for that reason, I kept myself off the Stephen Thompson money line just because I'm a big fan. Uh, and I don't like betting on people that I'm a huge fan of. Usually I just get a little biased and, and put some money on. But to me, that minus 145 does look real good on, on Stephen Thompson. But I took Stephen Thompson round three at, I think it was plus 1,600 because I think Perhera... Uh, his cardio is probably going to fail him here. And I think Thompson's got better cardio. And I also think, you know, Michelle Pereira is not going to have a lot of wrestling success here. And people who don't wrestle Wonder Boy don't beat Wonder Boy. That's pretty simple. If you, the only person, I will say, the only person is Tyrone Woodley. He beat Wonder Boy. He knocked him down uh, on the feet. But outside of that, if you do not grapple Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, he is going to put some punches and some kicks on your face. And I think he's going to get Michelle Pereira tired. And I think he's going to finish him in the third. So I have my, my money where my mouth is, plus 1,600, Stephen Thompson, round three. Um, yeah, I, I think on this one, you, you have to go with, the smarter fighter. Um, I, I think Wonder Boy is is a point fighter. He knows how to win fights. Um, when it when it's just straight straight stand up, uh, as we saw with Kevin Holland, completely obliterated him. Also, uh, Pereira, he could do some stupid shit. He could do some wild, crazy stuff, and if he does do that, he has been good as of late. His last, his last couple uh, fights, um, he's been he's been pretty good about it. But if he does any of that silly, wild, weird shit, he's gonna get he's gonna get clipped. Um, and Wonder Boy will just wear you down. Uh, I agree with you on this one. Um, I would take 
Wonder Boy. I don't know if he'd finish him, but I would take Wonder Boy by by decision. This was a a, a pretty easy one for me. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, you know, you know, Pereira is only twenty nine years old. I know the dude has like forty fights. It's crazy. He's he looks, got more than Wonder Boy. Yeah, he looks older than than twenty nine as well. And I've been a I've been a Pereira fan. I had money on him against Ponzinibbio, against Fielho, against Nico Price, and against Chaos Williams. I had money on him in all those fights, uh, and he's paid well. So that was pretty slick. Let's see here. Ooh. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna you you bring us into this next one, and I'm gonna refill uh, a little bit of coffee because all right, this this is my fight fight of the. Uh, fight of the night yeah so so tim is probably going to uh pop a blood vessel when he talks about this one but i'll lead us off here uh so we got jan blahovich who is 40 years of age he is 29 and 9 versus alex potan Bahera, seven and two in mma he just come off he's coming off of that loss against adesanya at 185 for the belt Pajara was holding the belt, and then he lost it via KO, and he is 36 years of age. For me here, uh, guys, my only concern, and I will say my only concern, is this three-month layoff after that big, big knockout. Um, he did get flatlined by Adesanya, and it was big, and it was you know hefty. He was out for a hot second there. He was unconscious. He was, you know, it was a one-punch knockout. No follow-up shots really needed. Um, that's my concern here is Jan Blahovic lands one and Pajara's chin has not fully recovered from that knockout. That is my only concern. Outside of the chin issue that we might have, I think Alex Pajara kills Jan Blahovic nine out of ten times. Um, and I think this line is so fucking off that it's unbelievable i bet it at plus 130 a couple weeks ago uh, i sent tim the ticket when i did that and now it's evens now it's minus 110 minus 110 both sides are the odds and i think Bahara, uh he's training with glover Teixeira, who if you're gonna re you're gonna you're gonna train with anybody to be able to stand, uh, stand up to the grappling of jan blahovich who he's got okay grappling mostly he just had a size advantage over adesanya but he has okay grappling uh, i think Glover Teixeira is the perfect guy to train with. I think he's going to be able to fend off the takedowns. And I think when it's on the feet, he is going to butcher Jan Blahovic. Uh, and I think I think we're going to go for, for me here, I think it's going to be a, a flying knee. Crazy, crazy uh, prediction here. But I think he's going to get his second flying knee knockout, uh, which I think that would be the most... I don't think anyone else has two flying knee knockouts, but I think Pajara is going to get a flying knee knockout. I don't know why. Um, I'm just getting the gut feeling. It could be the left hook. It could be a flying knee. Who knows? But I think, honestly, Pajara should be minus 180 here. Blahovic is almost 41 years old. He is, you know, coming off of that, that kind of uh, weird fight with Magomed and Kalaev. Uh, before that, he beat Alexander Rakic by a leg injury, which really wasn't a win. Before that, who was it? Oh, it was Alex Pajara's main training partner, Big Glover. Um, so I'm taking I'm taking yeah. Pajara. I think Glover's got the blueprint. 
I think he gave it to Pahara. I think he's gonna he's gonna tell Pahara what to expect, and I think Pahara's grappling is gonna be up to up to uh, par here. My only concern is that chin. Only three months off of the the big knockout by Adesanya, but going up a weight class should help that chin uh, a decent amount, a substantial amount actually. So I mean, this is my biggest bet of 2023 was Alex Pahara plus 130 and then i added some more this week i think it was like plus 110 something like that um i'm very very heavy on Bahara. i think i said last week i put my the entire rest of my DraftKings. i had to deposit a little bit of money into my DraftKings so i could have some other plays this week because i'm so confident in Bahara knocking this knocking this jan blahovich out and blahovich you know he's he's been an underrated fighter his entire career but not here this one is not going to be the one where he he starts to make that climb back towards the title. Now nah, he's 40. It's Pahara's time, and I think Pahara has taken this one. And I think it's going to, honestly, be quick. I think it could be first round. I think it could be early second round. But I think it's it's probably an under one and a half. Pahara is going to land a big one, and he's going to just pounce on his prey, and I think it's going to be good. It's going to be a good one for Tim. Tim's going to be happy. Uh, I hope so. Um this fight is is interesting. Uh, full disclosure, I am a homer for Alex uh, Poetan Pereira, uh, hometown guy. Um, so I am biased. But with that being said, I also have have concerns. Um, do I think he can can starch? Uh, uh, Jan, I do. Um, do I think Jan can shut his lights off? A hundred percent. Do I think Jan can take him down? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think the easiest path to victory would be for uh, Jan to take him down. But you got to remember, he's probably going to be around 230, I got to say, for this fight. And he's got the height advantage, and he looks massive. So I don't know how easy it's going to be for Jan to, to take Alex down. Um, when it comes to the feet, Alex has the advantage. I think everybody agrees uh, with that. My only concern is Alex leaves his hands down. And that got him in trouble in his last fight with Izzy. Um, obviously, we all know how that ended. Uh, I agree with you. I, I think this is going to be quick. I don't think Jan uh, wants this to go down to the ground. I think he wants to show that Polish power off. Um his win against Alexander Rakic was Fugazi, mm -hmm. right? It, it, that was you can't you can't say you know a win is a win. I get it. it it's a, I just said the same thing against Curtis Blades and Tom Aspinall. A win is a win. But Rakic, I think, would have given him a lot of problems and body type. Rakic and Pereira, I would say, are are pretty similar. Mm -hmm. I think the left is going to be too much. I think the left is going to be too much for uh, Blahovic. And watching the the Wayans again, uh, not the Wayans, but the 
the first set of face-offs today, I think Jan Bohovic realized, oh shit, he's bigger uh, than I anticipated, and this could be a problem. Yeah. Um, and I think the the chin of Alex is fine. He's been knocked out uh, a bunch of times, um, and he seems to to rebound. This weight is going to make a huge difference. It's going to make a huge difference. He's so conditioned to to taking shots um, from from just being in in glory and being the uh, double champ there. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's gonna be a, a problem with going off of such short uh, turnaround. He's gonna have to stay on the feet, like you said. He's training uh, at Teixeira, so heavy on the grappling. They brought Dylan Dennis there to work on some of the ground stuff. So as much as everybody hates Dylan Dennis, the guy knows his shit. Um, I just don't know who they brought in. Um, to replicate uh, Jan, or if it was just him sparring with with Glover. Uh, I'm all over Alex, though, with that being said. I got Alex by decision at plus 650, because you got to remember, this is only a three-round fight. Yeah. Um, Jan is durable. He went five rounds with Ankalaev. Um, when he lost to, to Glover, that was quick. He got... You gotta remember, Alex was was training with Glover when they fought. When mm-hmm. Alex won the title, he was already training stand up with Alex. So that right there tells you, you know damn well, Alex was watching the tape on Jan and saying, "When he does this, you do this. You could clip him." I think I think this is a lock. I think Izzy told him what he experienced with him, and I think as much as everybody thinks all all the stuff with him and Izzy, all that is uh, beef, and they want to fight again. These guys don't even care. They they're done. They're professionals. If mm-hmm. they fight, if their paths cross, they fight again. They fight again. Izzy caught him. Alex is a much bigger person than Izzy and I think he could put his lights out and I'm I'm on it baby I'm on it I'm on it money line like I said I'm on it plus 650 decision and I'm on it knockout uh by Alex he's gonna get one step closer and they're gonna announce if Alex wins he's gonna fight Yuri for the strap that's what they're gonna do they're not gonna oh, put man I don't think they're going to put Jan in there, and that's why this hasn't been uh, set as for the number one contender. What a podcast that would be if my boy fights your boy. My goodness. But, yeah, I mean, I agree. Everything you said was was pretty pretty top tier. I think the only thing with Jan would be I don't think he wants to grapple here. I think he wants to test himself. He doesn't. He doesn't. And the whole thing, too, is – this is at elevation. I don't know when when Jan got there. Alex yeah. has been there. He's and, acclimated. And Jan too, like against Glover, he like gassed. Like he was like fucking like exhausted against Glover in the the second round. Was it? I think it was the second round. Um, 
and that was, I mean, that was crazy. And, and Pereira, I mean, he's had, you know, five round events. He got a five, a fifth round finish against Adesanya. You got to have some pretty decent cardio to get a fifth round finish in a title fight. So, yeah, he was down, and he was down at least at a minimum three rounds going into the fifth. Yep, at least you could even say four, and he turned it on. They said, "You want to be a champ? This is what you got to do." He did it. He uh, yanked it out. I, I, yeah, um, I'm curious to see uh, the weigh-ins, as as always. But I think I think Alex is going to come in at you know two thirty uh, come fight day, and I think he's he's going to be a massive massive problem dude. for this whole division. I mean, I agree. I think if if he's two thirty, dude, that would be for this whole division. I mean, that scares me for my boy Yuri. I don't know what the fuck he's going to do against Pereira if Pereira is coming in at 230 with the, the technical ability. That's pretty... You also you also got to remember, too, this... Um, Jan has some, some nice leg kicks. He was giving Jan, uh, uh, Uncle Ayev a lot of problems with the leg kicks. But right? Alex checks. Alex is a world-class glory kickboxing... Two That's what I'm champion. saying, man. Is he's got the kicks covered too? Yeah. So uh, this line's been all over the place. Every all my bets on Alex, I've gotten him at plus money, and they keep swinging. So if if Jan looks doesn't look good at at Wayans, or Alex looks great, and then come. Come Saturday when they when they rehydrate when you see how big Alex is I think it's gonna be be crazy I think the line's gonna swing I I think you can probably get both these guys at plus money I'm just um, at one point or another I'm crazy happy that I got that uh, that plus one thirty bet on him a couple weeks ago I'm fucking psyched what is like it what is it now minus one ten minus one ten yeah current odds it's changed it's been changing um on alex uh every every day it's been changing it's crazy man i feel like i feel like it's been yeah like you said flipping over and over and over bro what is this yeah. picture of justin gaethje <laughs> are you seeing this on topology bro <laughs> look at that he's got a goatee that's insane um but yeah, we're we're to the main event here. This is the the BMF, the baddest motherfucker uh, title here, and I feel like for this one, I got a little bit more um, of a deep analysis here. But we got Dustin Poirier coming off of that win over Michael Chandler, where he was taken to deep waters, and then he he gassed Chandler out, and then uh, uh, Charles Oliveira, where he got you know he took Oliveira to deep waters and then got submitted himself, uh, win over Connor. Another win over Connor, and then a win over Dan Hooker, and we got Justin Gaethje, uh, Rafael Fiziev, who we I cashed pretty heavy. I got I had uh, Gaethje by decision, and it was like plus six hundred and something, and, and I had a good a good cash there. A loss to Charles Oliveira, who you know, like we talked, is is a fucking world beater. Uh, a win over Michael Chandler, great win there. Uh, he actually beat Michael Chandler. I thought worse than Dustin Poirier did. 
And then it was honestly it was it was fight of the year as well. Lost to Khabib. I mean, who can you blame? Win over Tony Ferguson when Tony Ferguson was in his prime. That was prime Tony Ferguson, and he beat the shit out of Tony Ferguson. So for me, guys, um, this one is gonna be it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be Justin Gaethje here for me. And the reasoning being, I don't think Dustin Poirier has that that dog in him anymore. And then the other points I had that were a little bit more technical when it comes to fighting is, is I really, really like Justin Gaethje's leg kicks here. And it's honestly the technique he uses here. He like shells up while he throws his leg kicks. And I noticed in Poirier's fights, he just doesn't react well to leg kicks. Like when Connor was leg kicking him, Poirier was not reacting well. And he was like taking step back. Uh, and that's been since he fought Justin Gaethje. And I think is going to be able to capitalize on that. And the other thing I really had that I really, really liked was in this physio fight, Gaethje was really landing the uppercut. And when I watched Justin Poirier's fight against one Dan Hooker, who Dan Hooker took Poirier to fucking as far as Poirier can go. That was a great fight. Uh, what was Dan Hooker having the most success with? Uppercuts. And it was mostly backside uppercuts. Um, and Justin Gaethje throws a lot of those backside he doesn't throw as many frontside, but he throws a lot of those backside uppercuts. What did Conor McGregor have 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 a, a, a lot of success with? It wasn't as much uppercut as it was like kind of like a, a, a horizontal diagonal hook sort of a deal. It was like in between yeah. an uppercut and a hook, but he landed it multiple times on Poirier. Uh, and Gaethje, he has, you know, these uppercuts he throws are, are fucking vicious, and they've gotten better, they've gotten tighter, and they've gotten more technical. On the Poirier side, I like his crisp combinations against Gaethje because Gaethje does have that tendency to shell up. So I think Poirier is going to have the ability, if he extends it to four, five punches, I think he's really going to have success there. But I also think, you know, in that last fight, that was Fiziev's entire game plan was to extend those combinations. And what did Gaethje do? He adjusted. Gaethje adjusted. He was kind of getting out of range. He was playing it a little bit safer than he usually has in the past. I think the combination of his leg kicks, which Poirier does not respond well to, the combination of that backside uppercut, which I feel like uh, if I had to pick like some crazy outcome, I'd say Gaethje knocks Poirier out by that backside uppercut. Um, I have that, you know, as probably the, the thing that happens in my head is an uppercut and then Poirier goes down. And then I really just do think that, that Gaethje... Um, I think he's just improved leaps and bounds compared to Dustin Poirier. Paired with Poirier, I think he's he was in it for the money. He had his red panty night, uh, and he's he's set for life. The guy can do whatever he wants. He can retire if he wants and be 100% fine. He's got a business on the side. He's got a little a little daughter at home. I mean, the guy can retire happy whenever he wants to. I don't think the the you know willingness and the want to fight is there anymore. And I think Gaethje has some more bangers in him. I think Gaethje wants another shot at that title. And I think he's more hungry in this situation. Um, and I think it's just really gonna it's really gonna have to be Gaethje needs to avoid those three, four, five punch combinations. And Gaethje needs to uppercut and, and land those leg kicks. And I think he's gonna be successful here. And you can get him at, I think it's plus 130 right now. So I'm on the Gaethje side here. And honestly, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty psyched about it. I think Gaethje probably, you know, takes him out uh, inside the distance. But I think it is going to go two, three rounds. I think it'll go into the third at the least. 
Um, and Gaethje, the other thing he does have to his advantage is that elevation. He does train in, in Colorado, and Dustin Poirier trains in Coconut Creek, Florida, which, if you were not aware, is not any elevation. So uh, Gaethje it is yeah. for me, and it's because of it's because of those those technical reasons. Yeah, so here's here's my thing. I, I think the the path for um, Poirier to win is is gonna be um, be submission. Uh, he's got phenomenal jujitsu, but he's one of these guys that they fall in love with their their power. Um, and he's he's a stand-up guy now. Both these guys are stand-up guys now. Granted, he just beat Michael Chandler, uh, right, with a, with a rear naked. But before that, to go to a submission from from uh, Poirier, you got to go to 2012. So it's it's been a while. I think that's his that's his path to victory. Um, but to get there is going to be be a huge problem, I believe. Uh, after the physique fight with Gaethje, it was a different Gaethje. He even stated after the fight that he he wants to make a run. He's only got a couple left in him, and he wants to make an, another run. I've never seen him fight that smart before. Um, the leg kicks are are devastating. Um, I think he's been more working more on on his wrestling um, and the takedown defense. Uh, I think that should pose a a problem uh, for Dustin. I think Gaethje can get the stoppage. I really I really do. Um, I agree with you. He with Poirier. He's he's got the money. Um, he's got the hot sauce thing going and it's, it's hard trying to, trying to wake up with that hunger. Um, I forget who said it. Maybe it was Marvin Hagler, uh, when you're waking up in, in satin sheets every morning. Mm -hmm. So <sighs> I think, I think Gaethje wants it more. Gaethje wants, wants that run. He can, he believes he could do it. Um, like I said, the last fight uh, uh, with Fazeev, uh completely different fighter. He wasn't going out there doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and just saying, you know, fuck it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw. He he did not do that. He was calculated. And when you take his power, um, and and you combine that with with how smart he was fighting and how accurate he was. And his setups, that's crazy. I couldn't believe I couldn't believe he didn't get him out of there, to be honest with you. He was hitting him with shots. Mm -hmm. uh, that also uh was that that was three round, right? That yeah. wasn't or that was three round fight. This is five rounds. And Justin Gaethje in Colorado can do the five rounds. And if he is smart and not throwing wild haymakers and controlling his energy, it could be a rough day at the office for, for Poirier. 100% um, agree. 
and I, I get it. Uh, Michael, Ch- listen, Michael Chandler is is a fun, exciting fighter. He's also not the smartest fighter in the world, right? So you take that with with whatever you want to look at it. But that's not that impressive to me. Getting that sub, um, Oliveira champ, got it. I understand. Right, that's a, a a loss. You take those, Connor. It breaks my heart. It really does. I'm a, a Connor Homer as well. Is Connor washed? Is Connor cooked? The first fight, he took a lot of time off, and, and Poirier put it on him. Second fight, Connor. You know, we had the 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 break. But what Connor are we talking about? We saw what happened when he fought uh, up and coming Connor. Yeah. Dan Hooker, I think the Dan Hooker, that was also, you can't even say the decline, but Dan Hooker has been, he's not a world beater either. You know, he's trying to make a resurgence and everything like that, but. I'm not impressed with with Poirier, to be 100% honest. It's it's very commendable. Um, he went with the two money fights over, over Connor. Nobody was calling Connor out when he was on the run. So let's all just get that out of the way. Um, but then you have... You have Gaethje taking uh, Fiziev, Fiziev, you know, taking that fight, taking the Oliveira fight. Uh, Chandler, which was, you know... I already spoke about Chandler with Dustin, but then the Khabib fight, and then the Tony Ferguson fight. He's taking hammers, man. He's taking hammers, and and, and he's changing careers. He altered Tony Ferguson's career. Um, he also retired Khabib, not for nothing. He, yeah. he made the guy retire. He was that scared for a, a rematch. <laughs> uh, and then you know he fought stupid against Oliveira. It is what it is with with that loss. Um, he's not fighting that way anymore. He's he's fighting controlled, calculated, and with a lot of power. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on on Gaethje by KO. I like that a lot. He's also got the size advantage too. Uh, if you watched, I mean, we both watched the face off. He had a little bit of a of a little bit advantage at height. I just, I mean, I just really like Gaethje uh, here because, you know, Poirier doesn't feel like he's as motivated as he as he used to be. Um, and I think Gaethje's going to catch him. I really do. I think I think Gaethje's going to catch Poirier. I think Pereira's going to catch Jan. I think Wonderboy is catching Pereira. I think Tony Ferguson is catching Bobby Green. I don't think Kiesa is catching Kevin Holland. <laughs> I think he's gonna lay on him. I think he's gonna sit on him. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of potential for finishes on this card. Like honestly, this is the type of card where every single fight could finish. Like it honestly could could be that card. Oh man, we're gonna have to let's throw a minimum bet on it. Let's throw a minimum <laughs> bet at least at least on the main card. Every on the single, main... let's let's I'm gonna look up let me just do this quick before we close this podcast up and see if we put every single fight it just does not go the distance it doesn't even have to be you know who we pick just 
does not go the distance. Oh man, this is gonna be, this is, this is gonna be pretty hefty. So that one does not go the distance. Fight prop does not go the distance. Wow, this is already adding. I mean, you got, you got two fights that are under 155. Yeah. And then on one of there's only wow. Wow. There's the only female fight. I can't believe that. There's only one female fight on this card. Yeah. Dude, the only fight that I'm really would be worried about is that uh Vergara Salvador yeah. fight. Like that one feels yeah. I would leave off the one twenty five verse to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, dude, I'm going through the odds right now, and all of these are favored to finish. Like, they're all, like, minus 250. I didn't realize we were we were in that range here. But all of these are, are super, super favored. I don't think we're going to get a good parlay here. I'm already I'm already eight legs in, and it's only plus 900. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I was thinking it was going to be much better pricing on that, but it really was not that good of pricing. All right. Well, Tim, uh, the the rubber meets the road. It's gonna be Alex Pereira fight night on for, on Saturday night. Um, yep. Gaethje Pereira. Uh, I'm excited. It's gonna be a great card. I'm ex I'm excited too. I'm gonna have to make sure I get this shirt in the wash uh, tomorrow morning, so it's ready to rock for for Saturday. You're gonna have to wear some extra deodorant on Saturday. I'm gonna have to eat that and and. <laughs> Get my Brazilian barbecue, my minas carne, oh, yeah. and and uh, have myself a day. It's gonna be a great night of fights, and then I'm gonna have to record uh, the Spence Crawford fight as well. So I heard that that fight is gonna great. happen during the Wonder Boy fight. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll record it. I'm not too 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 worried about it i'll watch it after the fact i'm not i'm not missing any bit of this ufc card same same here i'm gonna be here for every single minute oh yeah all right thanks everyone for listening